Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome and what a day to kick off our weekly podcast after a sensational opening Grand Prix of the season at Bahrain. Uh, on this podcast, we're going to be catching up with various different motorsport around the world, including MotoGP and the F2. And we're also going to look at the uh, weekend's future Extreme E extravaganza. But first up, Tiff Nadell, what a Grand Prix that was. And I predicted Lewis would win on our little podcast we had last week, our little opener. And uh, oh, what a, I mean, I thought, you know, for sure Max is going to catch him. Max is going to win. I think everybody did. But uh, the amazing thing is, I mean, I think Mercedes out-strategized, that's a word, um, the Red Bull, you know, because we thought Lewis maybe pitted too early that second stop, you know, Verstappen had caught him, but he hadn't quite got right on his gearbox. But of course, they had to pit before Max did, because if Max had jumped in earlier, Max would have, have, have overdone him. Um, but, you know, initially, while those tyres were fresh, you know, Max was hauling him in. Uh, but we all knew that as the tyres, that new tyre advantage disappeared, the gap would close a little bit slower. But even then, you know, we thought it was all over. And then came the the fatal track limits move, which all the Verstappen fans are raging about. That they're, they're tweeting, they've actually downloaded the 21 or 28 times that, that Lewis went off the road and, um, you know, to try and make their point. When but I'll tell me, you, tell me, uh, I mean, track limits is a big thing now. And they were both, doing, both uh, abusing that track limit. But the difference is you can't, gain a place whilst they're off the track. Yeah. So that's the big difference. But that, that's the only thing that the organisers have always been firm on. They've been so weak over the last, you know, five, six, seven years, you know, because we saw drivers going way off road, you know, and that's when they started thinking about track limits, you know, and the, and the, the stewards always said, oh, he didn't gain an advantage doing that on his own, on a, on a timed lap. Well, why were they all doing it if they weren't gaining an advantage? Of course they were gaining an advantage. But they always stood firm on the, you cannot be all four wheels off the track, completing an overtaking manoeuvre. Now, they've never, they've never weakened on that stance. Uh, but of course, the problem was they imposed strict track limits in, in qualifying at that turn four. Uh, any lap was deleted. But I'm still not quite sure. It's a bit of a grey area what they did say for the race. I think Lewis said it wasn't counted in the race. Um, and I think Max thought it was going to be, you know, not permitted in the race. Uh, it was a bizarre thing. But as a racing driver, basically, you, you take the mickey until you're caught and told. And so Lewis was going off the road because nobody had said, you know, that's one warning or two warnings. And the stewards in the FA, they've got to get this more regimented, you know, and say it, it should, whatever happens in qualifying, should happen in the race as well. Does it drive yeah. you mad? Uh, I found it, I, I find it a little bit frustrating. It's got to be, it's got to be the same for everybody. That's the, the key yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, a bit like any sport, really. You don't mind the laws as long as it's consistent for everybody. But it was amazing. And they're two of my favourite drivers, two of the best drivers ever, really, of, yeah. uh, of, of all time. And what a future Maximus, what a future Maximus Verstappen is going to have. I just heard this horrible noise in my ear. Was that you getting an email? No, nothing my end. It must be glitched <laughs> your end. So in terms of... Call them now, and I'm getting emails in, which must be maybe I can't hear it. Maybe that's ticking into the system. You know, when an email comes up, it usually goes. Boing. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is I've got fiber cables now. I've got super fast broadband. So um, it, it, 
was an amazing race. And, but it, it's just the two of them, you know, that are going to be battling all year now, hopefully. It's going to be a magnificent season. Uh, hopefully it will be. But who else took your fancy? Other drivers? I mean... Well, yeah, I mean, going down to the list, you know, poor old Valtteri Bottas did the usual, you know, not quite as quick all weekend. Um, but the, I think the saddest thing, really, is that the fact that Bottas was able to pit, put on fresh tyres to get the fastest laps, and he's so far ahead of, of fourth place Norris, he's still depressed. He still didn't do it! <laughs> I've... Mercedes, Mercedes and Max, you know, way out in front of the field. And then, you know, who was it? Was, well, of course, it was... Um, it was Lando. Lando. What a guy. And that's, I think that's been one of the great battles of the year was, you know, Ricciardo sort of, you know, just out qualified Lando, but Lando's right pissed off because he got beaten probably by what, 3,000 or 300. Um, I'd love to have a complete video of the first five corners because Lando and Ricciardo, I think they were side by side for all of the first six corners before, um, it was actually the safety car came out, didn't it, which helped Lando secure the position ahead of Ricardo sort of ended the, their first lap dice but uh, yeah that's going to be a highlight and Lando well we always thought he was great and I think he, he's going to come out as good as uh, he promises and it's good to see McLaren really battling again yeah. because you know they've had a, a few frustrating seasons as well of course they've got different engines now you know switch they've had to swap from Renault to Mercedes power plants which wasn't the easiest of thing to do but uh, it certainly worked but what do we have behind noise of course Perez we had Perez do, doing an Alex, doing an Albon, really. I mean, oh, who wants to be a Red Bull number two? I think everyone thought Chico, you know, he just he won a Grand Prix. I mean, he won a Grand Prix because they all fell off the, and it helped him, you know, the last race. But uh, yeah, he didn't even make the top ten in qualifying, you know, over half a second slower than Max. And then, of course, he had the car breakdown on the warming up lap. And then he did the Albon fight through the pack and coming up the field. But uh, didn't really do anything that shows he's going to be any better than, than Gasly and Albon up against Mercurial Max. Let me tell you, let me say another name for you Mazepin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, Nikita <laughs> ran out of his talent on turn number three. Uh, unfortunately, Daddy's got enough money to pay for the damage, but uh, I mean, he's not that bad, you know. I mean, Schumacher, he's not that bad, he's not that bad because Schumacher, I was just going to say, Schumacher had a, a spin in the yeah. house as well. The house is really struggling, yeah. but he's he's not really endearing himself to the fans, yeah. Ferrari, of course, you know, we hoped after the test that they looked like they were doing better, but doesn't look like they are. Leclerc, once again, science looked quite good all weekend in the, in the early practice sessions, but when it came to the lap time that counted. You know, Leclerc was half a second quicker than Sainz, qualified an amazing, what was he, qualified fourth, didn't he? But uh, just battled all race long to end up there, was he fifth or sixth? Ricciardo and Sainz. Um, ninth, of course, was little um, Tsunoda, the tiny, I think he's a star. Brilliant. Lovely Brilliant. interviews he does. And um, But Gasly, again, was a shame, Alpha had amazing qualified. Gasly was fifth, but then um, drove his nose into the back of Norris on that opening lap, which uh, put him out of the picture for the rest of the race. Sonoda got his points, strolled to... Um, Aston Martin's had an average debut. Um, what was Sebastian Vettel? What Again, he was... Well, I thought this new season would reinvigorate him, but... He's not going to be there at the end of the season, surely, surely well, qualifying, not. Qualifying, to be fair, he got caught by the spinning... What's that driver from Russia's name? Cocked <laughs> Vettel's qualifying lap. Makita spun, spun at the turn one, just as Sebastian was starting his qualifying time. So he was on his back foot from there and got sent further back because he didn't back off enough for Nikita's spin. Um, but the incident when he ran into the back of Ocon, 
And he's always done this. He's always on the radio blaming someone else. I'm I couldn't believe it. It was. Why did he change lane? Why did he change? No, you change lane. You went in behind him and then ran into the back of him. Incredible. Incre really incredible. And you said about strategy, Mercedes and Red Bull, and Mercedes yeah. just maybe pipping it. But I'll tell you what, I've got some notes here. So in, in the 2020 season, the only team to get under two seconds on a pit stop, talking kind of strategy, was, of course, Red Bull. Well, not of course, but it was Red Bull. In fact, the top 15, the fastest 15 times of all of 2020 were all Red Bull. And guess the only manufacturer who got under two seconds yesterday in terms of uh, a pit stop as well. And a pit stop... Now, you can say that Mercedes didn't need to last year, but this, this year they absolutely do need to. Mistake, uh, Red Bull still 1.93 seconds for a pit stop. That is just incredible. How are they so far above, uh, so far ahead of all the other teams? You blink and you miss it, don't you? I know it's amazing stuff they do. It, it, it really is. But it was a, a, a roller coaster uh, of, a, of a Grand Prix, a really exciting Grand Prix. Again, another takeaway from me. One of those uh, cameras that's amazing nowadays uh, when you see a Grand Prix, you just feel like you're there. But one of the cameras that was in a rumble strip uh, as you're coming out of the corner, one of the corners, and every time, whoever it was, they went over it perfectly yeah. every <laughs> single time. It's amazing the consistency of these guys. Uh, Alfa Romeo's disappointed again. What, Raikkonen 11th, Giovinazzi 12th. That was a shame. Alpine disappointed, really. Ocon was out-qualified by George Russell. George did another amazing job. Um, and, of course, um, Alonso ended up back on his favourite deck chair in the garage to do his brakes. <laughs> so Alpine didn't have a good weekend. George did a fantastic job with Williams. Latifi drove around at the back. Uh, Schumacher drove around at the back and, and can't really prove much. But, uh, yes, a, a very encouraging opening Grand Prix. Fantastic battle for the lead and some great scraps going on for best of the rest, as usual, which Lando came out on top. Yeah, very exciting. A uh, couple of other takeaways. I don't know whether you watch much of Sky Sports, but there's a lovely tribute to Murray Walker. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, we just missed it last week, uh, but of course, Johnny Dumfries as yes. well, who you got some memories of, yeah. uh, sadly passed away as well. And I met Johnny when he was pretending to be a builder and decorator doing Formula Ford down at Brands Hatch. And, uh, such a lively, sparky character, you know, the seventh Marquis of Butte pretending he's a decorator. Uh, then he got into Formula 3, won the Formula 3 championship, had that, was promoted too quickly, really, for him to be Ayrton Senna's teammate of, of anybody, you know, in the, in the Lotus, the gold, gold player team Lotus, and uh, had a rough, rough year really in, in Grand Prix racing in a very difficult car to drive, but then went sports car racing, won Le Mans, of course, for, for Jaguar in 1988. So, and sadly, you know, yet another, you know, one that's left us this, this last month. And uh, yeah, wonderful guy. 62, it's funny him pretending to be a decorator because most of the decorators, not there's anything wrong with being a decorator, by the way, <laughs> they're all online pretending to be Dukes and Marcuses. <laughs> how, how the world has changed. Um, Chip, I want to talk to you about the cars because I noticed the rake on the cars, and the yeah. rake is where you have your uh, the front and rear and, and whatever position. But it was just phenomenal to to see. I've never even noticed it like that before. Well, this is the, well, they're saying that this new regulation change, where they, where they change the shape of the floor slightly to reduce some of their downforce, has affected the non-rake cars, which is Mercedes and and Aston Martin. Of course, they say they've struggled because um, when they were Force Indias and doing well, they they had a, this level ride height, same as Mercedes. 
Um, so the rake boys, that's why they're saying Red Bull has caught Mercedes a lot because the, the new rules suit those that seem to think rake is the way to go. Uh, but it's interesting, it's one of the few big differences in Grand Prix design at the moment, you know, where there's two different paths to choose. Uh, Mercedes go flatter floors and Red Bull put it up on stilts at the back end. It does look incredible, I know. Yeah, and, and uh, another thing, with the, particularly with the Red Bull cars, when they do their quali lap and you see all the sparks coming off the, yeah. coming off the back, it's, uh, it's quite dramatic. Um, yesterday, Lewis took another record and love him or hate him, he he is he's got to be the greatest of all time now. Surely, whether whether it whether you uh, Schumacher, Senna, whoever he is, he is he is certainly one of the all time greats. Uh, and and the record he took yesterday was um, uh, the most laps out front, which he he beat Schumacher's five thousand one hundred eleven laps. Oh no! It's just a shame that you know, because of his his private life, the way he wishes to continue his own life away from motorsport seems to upset so many people and. Uh, if he's got so many non-lovers or not, not use the haters, but you know, so many people don't like Lewis winning. But I mean, that drive was just unbelievable on worn-out tyres. He fended off, you know, Max Verstappen, one of the greatest talents, the rising talents, and secured yet another. He made one mistake and he ran wide at that very silly, tight left-handed hairpin. But again, he managed to sort of recover his composure and uh, and, and carry on. Absolutely outstanding drive from from Lewis uh, and and Max as well. So the Grand Prix, more of that, please. Max and Lewis battling it out, and it'd be great to see more people battling out. But I can't see anyone else getting close to those two. No, no, I think that's that's it. It's a two man show. So Tiff, F two. Moving on to F two. I watched quite a lot of this over the weekend. It was flipping exciting <laughs> as well often three a breadth and there are lots of overtaking lots of safety cars as well but that was that was quite exciting stuff in the f2 formula 2 yeah the, the trouble is because the kids are battling you know for their careers and we get too many safety cars and vars and unfortunately the, i don't know which race it was was complete the, the feature race was pretty much upset because again the Ford one rules as you just said they're too complicated they don't make them simple enough and under a, a virtual safety car you can't pit but under a full safety car, you can pit. But apparently right in the middle of everyone changing tyres, it swapped from being a... Oh, anyway, forget that for a moment. Yes, there was fantastic racing. <laughs> um, of course, this year we've got this new format. Um, of two reverse grid races on the Saturday, which were very exciting, and a big feature race with compulsory tyre change. Um, and it was a lovely weekend. I mean, um, Guanju Zhao are this Chinese big hopes for the future. You know, it's now his third year. He really needs to win the championship. You know, he qualifies on pole in qualifying, which puts him 10th on the grid for the first race. And then he managed to get up to 7th in the first race, which when they reversed that, put him 4th on the grid for the second race, which he only managed to get up to 3rd in that, because uh, everything was kicking off. But then he used his pole position on the, on the Sunday feature race to win from the front and uh, take the lead of the championship. And Dan Tictum, our, our only British hope, the wild man Dan, <laughs> Uh, had another wild man Dan day on Saturday. You know, he made a mistake of punching someone off at turn one and got a penalty and dropped back a bit. Then in the second sprint race, he got punted round. And then it's funny how he seemed to feel very, um, you know, what's happening there? You know, poor me. But he, but it's exactly what he'd done to someone the day before. But he drove a very, very mature, very composed on the Sunday. Really got his head down, and that's what he needs to do. He spends so much time on that radio saying, oh, what's that idiot doing? What's that idiot, you know? 
and he's just been an idiot in the previous race. He's just got to, he's got the talent and the speed, and uh, it'd be good to see. Of course, yeah, the two you... sprint race both won by nineteen-year-olds. Incredible, absolutely. What a future! Yeah. What was it? It was Lawson, yeah, little um, Liam Lawson, the Kiwi, and then Oscar Piastri from Australia won the won the two sprint races. Do you know who? Talent. Do you know who his manager is? Who's Piastri's? Yeah. No. Aussie grit. Mark Webber. Oh, he's a Webber, mate. He's another Webber <laughs> protégé. I always quite like Mark, because Mark does help give a leg up to drivers below. And that was the one thing, if I was ever going to be lucky enough to become a Grand Prix superstar, which obviously I thought I was going to be, but somehow it didn't happen. I don't can't understand it myself. Um, I was going to, you know, sponsor a driver. I'd love to have given that back to someone. And that's what Mark does. And that's fantastic. But you can do that for me in the Caterham Academy. What are you talking about? Now's your chance. Now's your big I opportunity. Haven't, I haven't got the budget. I have. That's what I mean. I need to make the money before I could endorse my protege. But yeah, so, Formula Two was entertaining as ever. And, it certainly um, was. But like I said, it was it, it was quite quite exciting to watch that before the Grand Prix, and you thought, well, the Grand Prix can't improve on this because there's so much overtaking, mm. uh, so much excitement. But the Grand Prix was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. A bit slow to get going, by the way, going back to the Grand Prix. Remember, we, there was a, uh, we had to have another uh, formation lap, so it was a bit slow to get going, but, but that ending, those last yeah. Yeah. Uh, 10 laps were, were fantastic. Um, so, F2. There was also some uh, motor racing, MotoGP, I understand. <laughs> the bike, I love MotoGP. <laughs> Me too. But the frustrating thing is, I was doing this research, <laughs> of the 77 riders, doing MotoGP at Qatar, only three Brits. And this is such a shame that it's bizarre that we've got all these Brits, they dominate world superbikes. I mean, last year alone, what was it? Jonathan Ray won yet again with Scott Redding, who had a go in MotoGP. He was a fantastic talent, Chaz Davis. We had five Brits in the top 10 of last year's superbikes. But we can't seem to get a rider into MotoGP and succeeding. And it, it's such a shame because it would help the country you know, appreciate the sport. I mean, of the three British drivers, we've got, um, where's my little page now? We've got a Scott John McPhee in Moto3. He's now in his 10th year of Moto3, bless him. He was fifth in 2019. He's always up the front. He's always battling real Scottish grit. Um, but this time he got taken out very early on in Catalan crash, so that was the end of McPhee's day. Um, Jake Dixon, a 25-year-old, he, he came from British Superbikes, and he's in his third year now of Moto2. Um, had his best result, seventh, so, so that's a, a hope Jake will get further. Then, of course, Sam Lowe's, who's been doing MotoGP, what, for seven years. He was actually in the top class in, in 2017 with the Aprilla. And he won the race. Brilliant. For Brit Absolutely the first brilliant. Briton to win the opening round of a Moto Grand Prix since Barry Sheen in 1960-something. Wow. So, yes, Sam, we've only got three Brits to cheer on. But luckily, you know, two of them are up the front. Um, so, you know, it's left to these continentals. I mean, the MotoGP grid, eight Spanish drivers, seven Italian riders, and five from other countries. So it's sort of uh, dominated by them. But um, Who's your favourite rider? Who knows? Who's well, your Rossi. I mean, I'm a Rossi, but Rossi is fading, bless him. I mean, he's done so much for MotoGP and the character, the charm, the charisma. He helps young riders. He's got his, of course, he's got his talented group in Italy, you know, Rossi riders that he helps support and bring on. I forget the VR, the VR46 team or something. Um, but he faded badly. He's now not on a factory bike. He qualified fourth, but dropped back. Um, 
that Qatar track, it's a stupid track. I mean, it's one of those <laughs> modern circuits that drive me mental. It's, it's got like 26 corners. They're one huge long straight, which did, I mean, it, it brought amazing, exciting slipstream, especially the MotoGP kids, those 16 year olds at 150 miles an hour swapping lanes. Um, but it's this classic sort of Middle East circuit where there are all these corners, even like Bahrain for the Grand Prix, there's no spectators out where the corners are. All the spectators are just on the one huge long straight. Um, but I wonder, Tiff, I wonder, is that to do with uh, uh, COVID restrictions and stuff? Or, or no, you, no, there are no, there's no spectator okay. facilities. They don't even bother to allow them out there. Um, but it's a circuit where if you turn on halfway through a lap, you can't point where they are. It's a left and a right, and a left. Which left is it? You can't say that's last source or that's you know spar or something. You can't. That's cop's call. You can't recognise where you are. And even when the race is exciting, it's coming towards the end of the last lap. They're all in a big bunch. I could, is this the last corner? Oh no, no. There's another right. Left. Is this the last corner? Oh no, no. That's not. And it's just bland track to look at. Um, I know what you mean, but but most of these modern tracks are now, particularly in the Middle East, they're they're beautiful yeah. tracks and they're so smooth and everything's perfect. Um, but you're right, they're, they're, it hasn't got the soul or the character of, say, a Spa or a Silverstone no. or Brands or wherever it may be. But it actually led to quite a good MotoGP race because the, the thing about with that huge long straight, it's all Ducatis. Ducatis are so fast in a straight line. But, but the, the Yamahas and the Suzukis were using their better tyre wear to gradually come up through the pack. So in the end, it was Vinales, you know, um, Maverick, who, who won the race. And uh, he, he's someone that's... You know, in 2017, we burst on the scene. He won three of the first five Grand Prix. We all thought this guy's going to just win everything. You know, he was Rossi's teammate and he was beating Rossi when Rossi was still quick. Um, and they sort of had a very bad patch for many years. But he was come back strong. Ducati still got, what, second and third because they overtook the world champion, uh, Johan Mir. Mir battled his way up to second, you know, using his skill on his Suzuki, but then the two Ducatis just killed him on the, on the run to the line. But it's exciting stuff because of that long straight, but uh, looking forward to them getting back onto a, a more uh, meaningful circuit or not so weird. <laughs> it's, it's funny um, uh, because these guys to me are just, well, they, they've got a screw loose. How they can do those sort of speeds on two wheels like that is just incredible. I think, I think there's 220 or 230 Ducatis down the straight. It's funny. I mean, the thing about MotoGP is you can see the human. That's what makes it... Well, I think we always look back to Jim Clark's days and rose-tinted glasses and Mike Hawthorne. But you saw the driver. You knew there was a human being turning the steering wheel because you could see them. And I think now that all we see is about this much of the driver, and you lose that sort of constant reminder that there's actually a human being doing the driving. But some bikes, I mean, they're hanging off the things, the knees are on, they, they put their shoulders on the ground through some corners, they barge each other down the straights. Oh, it's magical, though, magical uh, drive. And they come off at 120 miles an hour and just <laughs> run after the bike and try and get going again. I mean, I know. Leaders, a... I mean, you know, leader of a race can drop it. You know, on the last lap in the lead, you've seen people lose Grand Prix. Um, you never see someone spin a Formula One car leading on the last lap. You know, it's, it's sort of unheard of. It's... But talking Formula One cars and, and uh, MotoGP, when Rossi did that swap with Hamilton, he said, wow, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Can't believe you drive your cars so fast. But it's funny, the mentality, isn't it? Yeah. But I guess it's a, a completely different discipline. And if you haven't seen that, you should watch that because that was really good. 
Lewis gets such a he gets such a hard time, but um, he I thought he came across really well in that as well. But where they swap over and he jumps on the bike yeah, and he likes bikes, yeah, yeah. Again, Lewis likes doing other things, you know, but contracts won't let him do half the things he probably wants to do. I'm surprised he was allowed to do that, to be honest with you. Tip, what about Motor Two and Motor Motor Three as well? Well, yeah, as we said, you know, we had the win, Lowe's won in the in the Motor Twos, but again, you know, we haven't got much many people in it. Um, but again, it's a great race. See, the Motor Threes are just. I'm the, the first and second with the two Red Bull children. The guy that was second is a 16-year-old who won the Red Bull. Um, what's it called? The Red Bull. They got the Red Bull Cup. They're all on the same bike. The That's Academy. My phone. I'll ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a little 16-year-old. Came second on his first ever Grand Prix. How can you win at 16? How, how can, can you have mother, that much how talent? You, how can you be a mother watching your 16-year-old go banging wheels? But how can how can you have that that talent at the age of sixteen? It's it's phenomenal. Oh, oh, he's got some future ahead of him. So, motorbikes, bit of motor racing. Yeah. Um, there was no NASCAR. My I, I, there was, there was a teaser, wasn't that. there? There was amazing, amazing videos going around online about uh, <laughs> them driving around on the dirt. They fourteen thousand truckloads of dirt. And then it rained. Yeah. Yeah. But it's on tonight. It's on Monday night, nine o'clock start. So there's still time to watch it. They had a they had a rain delay because it all got washed out in the storms, um, but it's on tonight. If you're watching this live on Monday evening, eight o'clock, it's um it's on. I think green flag should drop about nine o'clock, so that still might happen. Uh, but this coming weekend, no NASCAR. NASCAR's got a weekend off. Shock horror! Cause they they do about <laughs> was it thirty six racing <laughs> weekends. Um, I know everybody talking about the Grand Prix calendar, the F one calendar being so busy, but NASCAR's crazy. So all we got this coming weekend is MotoGP back second round Doha. I don't know what the Doha track looks like. I didn't have a little map. Not is it not the same either. circuit? Is it not the same circuit as no. where they just were, but they just do what where they do? Where is Doha? Is Doha a country? I don't no, know. Do Doha's the capital of Qatar. So they're still in Qatar. Well, it's going to be the same circuit, you think? I would, I would say it's going to be like Sakir and oh, Bahrain, yeah. where they just change a bit of the circuit. So, oh, well. well, more slipstreaming, then. More Ducati <laughs> power. <laughs> But the other um, thing that's on, of course, is this Extreme E opener in, in Saudi, the Desert Storm. And I'm intrigued. I know we're all, you know, everybody's in yeah, Formula E. I'm, no, I don't like Formula E. I think it's a bit too slow. But of course, we tested that rallycross car in Austria um, for on the road. For, for, I think, yeah, the start, the start rallycross, yeah. Yeah. And I said that, you know, I think electric works with rallycross because it's so short, sharp races so you can recharge or change the batteries they're doing in rallycross and that's the thing about this extreme e it's only a 10 mile race so they can go flat out they haven't got to save electricity like they have to do in the formula e racing but it's we still don't know what the circuit's going to look like because these big off-road buggies well on the saturday there's two heats of four in each heat but how can they race? Because they're all the glamour shots. They show a, a car going through a, between two cliffs where you've got, you know, single track. So quite how they're actually going to race side by side, I've no idea. They do one five-mile lap, and then they change drivers. I presume that the, that'll be a two-minute limit, so they won't be gaining time. But, of course, the other thing is they've got the men and the boys. They've got the boys and the girls, the ladies and the gentlemen. Uh, each car has to have a female and a male. I think they're going to make all the males start, all the females start. So you don't actually get that. They, they avoid seeing the men versus the women in a straight fight, just in case anyone's worried that the women might look slower. Well, they, might, they might look quicker. 
but it's a, it's an interesting lineup because all the men are fairly well established names in the world of rallycross or, or racing. Um, whereas the ladies, there's a big mix, and I think it's going to be the skill of the lady, which is going to be quite interesting, that will win or lose the race. So I think your ladies' speed might be more more uh, important. Who have we got but, from the UK? Anyone anyone repping the UK? Yeah, well, just go down the ladies. There's, there's the German Formula Three superstar Claudia Hurtgen. I think she could be strong. She's a very determined woman. Um, then there's a Leia Sainz, a Dakar motorcyclist. I'm not sure. We've got Katie Munnings from England. Now, Katie's only rallied front-wheel drive, small, you know, two-litre or 1,600cc front-wheel drive rally cars. So but if you can drive, you can drive. Car. She'll be great. <laughs> well, we hope she will. Um, another Spanish girl, she's another Baja. A lot of girls and ladies that come from the Baja. Can we call them girls or ladies? I get them into trouble. Um, there's a Swedish lady that's done Swedish touring. She won Swedish touring car races. I think the fastest lady is going to be the Australian rally chair, Molly Taylor, um, who's in Rosberg's team. Of course, we've got big names owning the teams. Uh, Molly Taylor won the Australian Rally Championship Subaru, and I think she could be the strongest contender. Of course, the Swedish touring car star, Kotolinski, is with Jensen Button. Jensen's got his own team. He's uh, a cool he's, dude. He's, he gets cooler with age, I think. <laughs> so he's got a Swedish lady alongside him. Uh, the American, the U.S. the Ganassi American team's got a, a, a X game stunt driving woman alongside an off roading superstar Kyle LaDuke. Um, Jamie Chadwick, of course, the W Series woman, you know, winner who's only ever raced single seaters, and suddenly she's going to be this big off road buggy. Uh, yeah, she, she, we uh, know she can pedal. We know that she can yeah. pedal, and she's but very determined as well. It's that change of you know environment. You know, yeah. Like racing drivers can't go to straight into rallying without getting a bit of experience because it's a very different format. Um, then Lewis Hamilton's team. Now he's gone and got Sebastian Loeb, who's probably the best male driver out there, uh, and he's also got a Spanish Dakar lady alongside Sebastian Loeb, Cristina Gutierrez. So a real mix and match of, of people we know, names we know, and people we never heard of. Um, there's a British rallycross star most people won't have heard of, Oliver Bennett, um, who's a rallycross star from Britain who's done some X Games, uh, and he's up, he's in one of the buggies. So some completely unknown names with some very famous names, a format with no idea what it's going <laughs> to look like when they try to... They won't release the circuit, so we don't actually know the shape of the circuit until maybe Friday night. So um, I don't know. But four big buggies into one one road. Is it definitely going to be a race? It's not going to be against the clock. That's definitely a race. It's you mm, know okay. it's just a five mile lap. First driver does one lap, change drivers. Second driver does one lap. So I mean it, it'll be all over quite shortly. You know I don't, I don't think the last of your phone's gone again. Must be important. It's going to be a contract. That's brilliant for podcasts. <laughs> people, yeah. Yeah, people love it when phones go off on podcasts. They absolutely love it. Apparently, it gets you really high ratings. So, uh, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, uh, so it's electric, ra it's electric racing that will be interesting to watch. It may end up being very processional because in one drive, you know, you can't follow that close if you've got a load of sand being thrown in your face. So, yes, but I'm going to watch it. I'm intrigued. I think, is it on IT? I don't know what it's on. I didn't I research don't know. that. Find it yourself. Everyone's tweets, don't they? What <laughs> channel is the NASCAR on, Tiff? Well, go Google and find that yourself. It's on some sort of channel somewhere. You grumpy git. Be nice and respond to people. I did see one of those tweets yesterday. It was quite interesting. Uh, somebody was saying about your tweet about English drivers and oh. British drivers. And, and it's just, 
sometimes you just sometimes people i'm sure are just going for a bit of a response because yeah. you're quite right there, there's lots of scottish drivers uh the great jackie stewart to, yeah. to name one that they've uh, called hard that have used scotland and the saltire great no problem <laughs> but but if it's the other way around it's and your your well, tweet not, was it's just that it joke was, isn't it that they're british you know scots are british if they're winning and they're scottish if they're losing <laughs> but it, it's not true if you actually look at the facts i know my tweet was about the english football team the english cricket team and then the english driver hamilton and rider lows winning their races and yeah oh why did they win you know why didn't you say british well, well i was delighted for england uh, for scotland to win the rugby on friday if that helps anything wasn't so happy about france winning the grand slam but uh, i was happy for rugby. then a draw in the football with che adams the mighty southampton striker <laughs> putting on the putting, making the, the, the assist for scotland's goal so uh, scotland very, very good there. very good uh, move, main, moving on let's let's race, wrap yes, up main move. race this weekend Tiffany Dell is racing at Donington. You've missed that out, haven't you, Steve? Well, I was just coming on to that, actually. I was going to wrap yeah. up with... Yeah, I was. I was just going to come on you to you. Tell us, I was, I'm out. tell us what you're racing. <laughs> of course, nobody can go watch it. It's not on telly, but I'm, I'm out of the TVR Tuscan and a Can-Am 1966 McLaren M1B. So I'm going to have a fabulous day on Saturday. They're, they're owned by John Spears, who I race with them. I'm his uh, co-driver. So. Uh, either going to be competitive? Yes, yeah, both cars could, but they're in their classes. All these races, historic races, are bundled together in different classes. Now, the TVR could be an outright win. We're up there, up amongst the front group. Oh, brilliant. And talking of the future racing, how's your training? I'd, I'd sent you out and do three marathons last weekend. How, <laughs> uh, how, how's, the, how's the weight loss? How's the muscle building? I suppose the trouble is you're, you're building muscle weight quicker than you're losing other weight is this the problem at the moment yeah definitely that's what it is that's that's the reason i'm not losing weight it must be i've eaten three marathons i haven't run three marathons but i'm trying to trying to lose a little bit of weight but i, I went to catrum last week and uh there what brilliant brilliant guys <laughs> went there and i spent the whole day i was going to go there for a couple of hours and just get a seat fitting a bt seat fitting you're only doing a <laughs> caterham race a seat fitting what do you want to put in an armchair what's some seat uh, I went for a lovely seat, uh, and I'll show you that. I'll reveal it on the channel soon. Uh, very, very nice people. But the whole Caterham crew, I was, I ended up being there for most of the day, and people just showed me different bits of the car and and, and show me all the little things that I could do to e explore the uh, to get the most out of my car. So it was, um, it was a very good day. They're super, super nice people there. I'm looking forward to to doing a bit more on on the Caterham side of things as well. We need, we need to get out. We need to get out onto a track. Now that the tracks are opening again in in the caterham well we don't want me sitting beside you or anything like that do you <laughs> no, i'm not sitting beside you either i've got um race logic so we can you can examine my data if you have any idea how to do that so that's it that's, that's grand prix so we've got to wait a long time haven't we formula after all that excitement we've got to wait till april the 18th at imola it's another three weeks away same weekend indycar starts up middle of april what else is coming up in the, on the calendar, racing calendar? Well, very little. You know, as I said, this weekend, it's just that, that extreme E plus the MotoGPs. Then on the weekend of April 11th, the only motorsport I can find is the Formula E in Rome, which will that go ahead with the Formula E, Rome, COVID, no idea. Um, and then things, re end of April, then it all just got racing. And BTCC, of course, how long do we have to wait for that to start? That's now not till Thruxton, is it, in, uh, in May? So... We'll maybe. go along to that. We should we should go along and do a, maybe a, a live podcast, maybe uh, <laughs> go and have a little look because of course, Thruxton, your home circuit, 
And in fact, it featured on one of our videos last night, BMW M4, M3. So with BTCC, we're going to spend the whole program debating. He hit me and I hit him and who hit him and who pushed who off. And we'll be, we'll be all day just discussing. It's crashly out. So BTCC, we can't leave without saying, who's your tip for the year? Is it too early to say? Oh, it's always Sutton. It's always Sutton. Ash is the best driver in BTCC. I love Ash. I think he's a great talent. We ought to move on. I keep on saying this, but of course, BMW will always be up there. Uh, and that bloke, Plato or something. I don't know, is it Plato? <laughs> he missed last year. He'll be back as usual, causing trouble. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's it, the roundup. Uh, it'd be great to understand what people want from us because yeah. uh, I, I feel like there's so much to talk about, particularly on the Formula One, but I want to try and give everything a bit of uh, airtime. So um, be great to get some feedback. Let us know. No, we want to keep improving this. No comments about Lewis cheated and Max didn't and Max did. That will go on forever. The Twitter debate about that is just, just, just forget it, right? Forget it. Lewis yeah. Hamilton won. Max Verstappen didn't. Move on. Exactly. And we're moving on as well. That's uh, episode... We're going to call this episode two, I guess, because we had a bit of an intro. So episode two, which is our first proper podcast of uh, of the season. So Thanks for joining us. Look forward to next week. Bye.